Well, welcome to the NYM podcast. I hope you're having a blessed day. Today, we've got a powerful and anointed and timely word from none other than our youth president, Reverend Greg Wilmont, who spoke this message at our general conference in 2020. All of this is made possible for your She's for Christ offering. your hands towards heaven right now because there's nothing that we can do to make him more powerful than he already is we can't worship him enough we can't preach well enough we can't demonstrate enough talent or ability he already holds all authority and power all we can do is prepare our hearts all we can do is prepare our soil that we would receive his word that we would be doers and not just hearers so would you lift your voice in this place would you give him worship that he is worthy of would you lift him up in this place We love you, Jesus. We magnify your name, O Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Because when we prepare our hearts, his word can do its work. We can't add more anointing to it or more authority or power to it. All we can do is make sure that we are ready to receive a word from the Lord. Would you give the Lord a hand clap of praise in this place? Give honor to the executive board and I thank them. Please be seated for the privilege of ministering the word of God tonight. It's not something that anyone would take lightly, but I do thank them for their vote of confidence in ministering the word of God tonight. Why don't we honor the executive board and thank them for the leadership of this church. Also wanted to take some time, please humor me, to give honor to my pastor. It's my custom even when I'm away from church to honor him. I want to thank you, Pastor Harvey, for the opportunity to minister. I want to thank you for your vote of confidence, your love, and your example. Praise the Lord. Well, I believe I have a word for you here this evening. So if you'd open up the, your word to Acts chapter 1, verse 6 through to verse 8. Matter of fact, it's the same text as Brother Green had last night. I was a little bit scared. Uh, But then he preached his word, and then my fear uh, turned into joy because I believe it's confirmed some things for this evening. So would you stand to your feet? We're going to read from Acts chapter 1, reading from verse 6 through to verse 8. The Bible says, Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. Verse 8, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Are you thankful for that text here today? Praise God, with the help of the Lord, I want to speak to you on this thought this evening. The power of the unseen. Everyone say, the power of the unseen. Praise God. Why don't you put your Bibles down? We're going to lift our hands to heaven one more time. Would you join me in prayer for the ministry of God's word? Let's lift our hands towards heaven and would you lift your voice above your hands 
If you have the Holy Ghost, would you speak with it right now? Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for what we feel in this place. Lord, we are believing you for miracles, signs, and wonders following. Lord, we are believing you that you're going to touch the lives of people. Father, I pray that you'd anoint every hearer, prepare our hearts, that we would receive your word. Father, I pray that you'd anoint my lips of clay, that I would speak a word that would encourage and edify the body of Christ. We pray these things in your matchless and wonderful name. And everybody said... Give the Lord a hand clap of praise, amen, as you take your seats. Praise God. Well, since the day that my wonderful wife brought my gorgeous twin daughters into this world, on the 5th of December 2014, it has been a privilege for the house of God to become a familiar place for them. As every couple in ministry knows, raising children in the house of God can be a balancing act. It can be challenging. It can be fatiguing. But despite this, it is a privilege to see my children grow up in the house of God. There's some young people who are grateful that they grew up in the house of God. It's wonderful to see them experience something that I couldn't experience at a young age. I was not born into the house of God. And so my wife and I, we try our best to speak to them about the things of God. On our way to church, I'll ask them sometimes, baby girl, why are we coming to church today? As we're praying before bed, I'll ask them, baby girl, why are we spending time praying before you go to bed? When uh, we go to church and we hear Pastor Stan preach, I'll ask them, you know, why are we listening to him preach? And you may call me harsh and you may call me slightly unfair, but I don't stop asking questions at that point. Because when my girls say to me, Daddy, we go to church to sing, I ask them, who are we singing about and what are we singing for? When they say to me, Daddy, we we go to church to dance, I say, well, who are we dancing about and what are we dancing for at church? When they say to me, Daddy, we listen to Pastor Stan, I ask them, well, baby girl, what is he talking about when he's speaking to you? Amen. And I don't do this because I want to trick them up. I don't do this because I I want to give them a question they do not have the answer to. I don't do it because I want to embarrass them. I do it because I want my little baby girls to grow up in the house of God and be looking to the right things. I want them to grow up with the right understanding, amen. I want them to grow up viewing the kingdom of God with the right perspective. Can somebody say amen? Because I've seen the cost of saints of God, both young and old, who have been looking and aspiring to the wrong things. I do it because I've seen the cost of people, even active in the ministry, who fell because of what they chose to focus on and invest in. I do it because I want my little baby girls to grow up in the house of God and understand that this platform is not a place to magnify them. It's a place to magnify Him. Amen. I want my baby girls to grow up and go to church, not because mummy and daddy makes them, but because they have a divine appointment with their maker. I want them to grow up and know that the building is not just a place that we go every Sunday, that the house of God is not just a building, amen, that the building is not just a church, but the church is a living organism. I want them 
to get this so deep in their spirit, amen. I want them to understand what the function of the church is. I want them to know what the church is and what the church is not. Can somebody say amen? I want them to understand above all things that while the church might have platforms and the church might have lights and the church might have pulpits and the church might have giant screens, these are all part of the church, but this is not the church. I'll take you a little bit further right now. I want my little girls to understand that they may grow up to be great singers, but that is not their goal. I want them to understand that they may be preachers and teachers, but that is not their goal. I want them to understand that they may grow like to be like mummy and play piano or be a musician, but that is not their goal because their goal is to know Jesus Christ. Their goal is to be full of the Holy Ghost. Their goal is to have a relationship with their son. I want them to get this so deep in their spirit because I have come to understand how human nature works. We are drawn, amen, to the things that our eyes can see. Our ambitions are tied to the things our eyes can see. Our focus on the things that our eyes can see, but that is not how the kingdom of God works. Acts 1, 6 we read earlier, they said, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? Even the disciples, those that walked with him, were asking to see a natural kingdom, a physical kingdom, something that their eyes could see. And Jesus responded, we read it earlier, it is not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and all the ends of the earth. Here's what Jesus was saying. He's saying, I have control of the natural kingdom I have dominion and authority over the physical kingdom but I have given you something right now far more powerful than the physical I've given you the Holy Ghost I've given you the spiritual to exercise for my glory can somebody praise the Lord what am I saying here tonight, church? I'm here to tell you that the physical kingdom does not lead the spiritual but it's the spiritual kingdom that leads the physical amen Jesus, he never denied that physical kingdoms existed. He never said they are not real. In fact, they are real. But he was rebuking their preference for the physical kingdom over the things that are spiritual. And I want to say to the church here tonight that I believe that there is great danger when we begin to desire after the things that our eyes can see above the things in the spiritual realms. Amen. I believe there is great danger when we are looking to the physical instead of the spiritual. When we're looking to the natural instead of the supernatural, there is great danger in doing that. Amen. Young people, please hear me now. There is great danger in chasing only the things that our eyes can see. There is great danger in chasing ministries that are visible by men. There is great danger in wanting to be recognized by men. It will rob you of joy. It will destroy your ministry. It may even rub you out of the house of God. Why? Because the physical doors aren't opened up by the Spirit, but the spiritual doors, amen, will open the physical doors for you. And I'm here to tell you that when God opens a door, there ain't no man that can shut it but when man opens a door man is able to shut it amen 
Praise God. Some people like, if only I had a microphone and a pulpit, then God could use me. That is wrong thinking. If only I had a powerful voice and an opportunity to sing, then people would see me. That is wrong thinking. If only I, somebody could see me perform, then they would know my name. That is wrong thinking because we don't need more talent in the United Pentecostal Church of Australia. We don't need more ability. We don't need more opportunity. We need young people who are full of the Holy Ghost, who are chasing the unseen. We need a body of young people that are hungry for the spiritual realm. We need a body of apostolics that look past the physical and are chasing after the spiritual here today. Come on. Come on, somebody. Give me a worship leader that's tone deaf, but hears the voice of God to lead me in worship. Give me a preacher that can't even read, but has the word of God shut up in their bones. Amen. Give me a prayer warrior that nobody knows, but they know their way to a prayer closet to speak over my life. Because we need a body of people that aren't interested in the natural, but the supernatural things of God. Amen. The Bible says that which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of spirit is spirit. How many believe that here today? Because I can be a preacher and be in sin. I can be a worship leader in a million miles from God. I can lead departments and walk in the flesh. But find me a young person. Find me an apostolic that's hungry for the things of God. And I will show you somebody that's going to make a difference in this world. I will show you somebody that will shift physical kingdoms. Would you lift your hands and rejoice right now? <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus, because the lost doesn't need your talent. The lost doesn't need your ability. The lost doesn't need your giant screens and your big buildings. The lost needs the power of the cross and an apostolic body to preach the cross to them. Please don't misunderstand what I'm saying. Please be seated. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying here. I'm not saying that talent and ability aren't important. I'm saying there's something wrong when we pursue those things over genuine spirituality. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with systems and programs. I love them and I'm part of a church with great systems and programs. But there is something wrong when we believe that that's the thing that's going to change people over a move of God. There is nothing wrong with the pursuit of excellence. We ought to do the best that we can with the things that we are given. But there is something wrong when we think that it's our excellence that will change people. There is nothing wrong with beautiful buildings and lovely sanctuaries. Again, I get to worship in one. We ought to rejoice God for it. But there is something wrong when we believe that the beautiful buildings are the things that are going to save people's souls. There is nothing wrong with investing in sound and lighting and education. They're all wonderful things. But there is something wrong when, when, when these things replace genuine spiritual connections. God will bless these things. God has blessed the physical kingdom. But it starts with the move of the Holy Ghost. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. He says flesh and blood. 
meaning the man-made elements, meaning human power, but, but spirituality, but principalities, powers and rulers of darkness, spiritual wickedness, referring to the spiritual elements that affect the kingdom of God. Scripture tells me that the physical elements are real. We don't ignore them. We use them to support the move of God and the kingdom of God. But this, this word tells me that if we're ever going to make a difference in this world, we're going to have to exercise the spiritual authority that he has given us. Amen. When we view the kingdom of God through the lens of the physical, it limits our expectation of what God is able to do. When we view God through the lens of the physical, it limits our expectation of what God is able to do in our churches. Why? Because you can measure the physical. You can measure buildings. You can measure how good something sounds or how, how good something looks. But how does anybody measure something you cannot see? As Brother Tuttle said a few weeks ago, how do you measure from everlasting to everlasting? How can you measure from glory to glory? How can you measure these things? You cannot because you cannot measure God. You cannot measure a move of God. But you see, we wrestle with these things because our eyes are drawn, amen, to the things that we can see, and it limits our expectation of what God is able to do. Come on, how many of us are like that? Small church building, small move of God. Rock up to church, we're hoping for 200 people to be there, 50 rock up. Small attendance, small expectation of what God is going to do. Come on, beginner preacher begin a move of God. Singers, sing out a tune. God's not going to move here. Some of you all come here at conference and you look around and you think to yourself, man, my church doesn't have giant screens hanging from the ceiling. My church doesn't have million dollar sound desks. My church doesn't have a great lighting display. My church doesn't have all of those things. My church doesn't have one, two, three, five guitars and two pianos and 25 singers. And you think to yourself, wow, can God really move in my church? Because my church doesn't look and feel like this place. Does anybody relate with what I'm saying here today? But since when did God need something impressive to move? Since when did God need a wonderful building to move? Since when did God need great singers and great preachers to move? Since when did God need five guitars and 12 pianos to move? I'm here to tell you that when God moves, he's going to move whether he's got a building or not. If God moves, he's going to move whether he's got a preacher or not. If he doesn't have a preacher, he'll find a bush somewhere. If he doesn't have a preacher, amen, he'll use a donkey because God will not be held back by the physical things of this world would you lift your hands and rejoice praise God Praise God, I've come to encourage some people here today. God may have given you a vision of a 500-person church. If he's given you that vision, he will find you a building because God will use the physical, but he will not be limited by it. 
Praise God. If it's the will of God for your church to reach these numbers, he will find a way for the physical to match the spiritual. Because when the spirit of God moves, the physical must obey. Acts 2, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, Brother Green preached this last night. They were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Verse 41, then those who gladly received his word were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to the church. I don't know about you, 3,000 souls in one day, not a bad day's work. How many wouldn't want that in their church? I'll take 3,000 souls any day but it started with the move of the Lord when God moves the physical will respond when the spirit moves the natural must obey if we would pray for a move of God he will draw souls praise the Lord Praise God. I know it's 2020, but I still believe the Holy Ghost works. Amen. In 2020, I know it's 2020, but I believe it's just as powerful as it was on the day of Pentecost because it was true in Acts 1. It was true in the day of Pentecost. And it's still true today that the Holy Ghost is the thing that changes people. The Holy Ghost is the thing that draws people. The move of God is the thing that builds up our churches. <laughs> Praise God. We look out. I can look at some of you right now and I can remember what you were like and I see what you were like now. Was it the great preaching? Was it the great singers? No, it was the Holy Ghost moving in your life. If we're up to God, some of us would be sitting in a bar stool somewhere, but because the Holy Ghost moved in our life, we are here in the kingdom of God, worshiping the one true living Savior. I want to tell you right now that God will use the physical, but he is not limited by it. But when the spirit of God gets to moving, the natural must obey. It's not in the bricks and mortar. It's what's inside the bricks and mortar. It's the Holy Ghost that flows in our buildings. I remember, please be seated, I remember... In 2009, I just started coming to church in Brisbane. My mother invited me to her church, and I'm not here to bash any denomination. I won't even mention it. But my cousin was in that church, and she was receiving an award. And so I said, okay, mom, I'll go. And it was a beautiful building in Vulture Street near the Gabba in Brisbane. And I remember as I was walking up that street, walking towards that building, I looked up, and I'm like, wow, look at that big sandstone building. This building was a heritage-listed building. It had been there for over 100 years. It was a very impressive building. The architecture was amazing. And I remember looking at it thinking, wow, that is so impressive. I can't wait to go inside. And as I was walking up to, into that building and I went through the doors, I looked inside and I said, where are the people? My mum was next to me because I was looking around. I said, Ma, I can't find any young people. Are young people allowed to come to this church? I was in that church. I couldn't feel a thing. 
I'm not here to bash other churches, but I'm simply here to remind you that if a church can stand for over a hundred years in all of its grandiose architecture and not be full of souls on a Sunday morning, that tells me that the beauty of a building is not the thing that wins a soul. Amen. The beauty of a building is not the thing that grows a church. The thing that grows a church is a move of God. Is when the Holy Ghost gets to moving and changing the lives of our souls. Because you can't heritage list your way to a big church. But when the Holy Ghost moves, this the, the natural has to obey. I don't know if you've caught on to this, but, but people aren't interested in religion anymore. Pew Research tells us that Pentecost is growing at a rate of three times that of organized religion because people don't care for religion. They are dying for a God connection. And the greatest God connection that still exists today is a move of the Holy Ghost. It added three souls on the day of Pentecost. It added you to the house of God. And it's still adding souls to the kingdom of God. Amen. Praise God, this is who we are. It was good enough for Azusa Street Revival in 1906. It was good enough for the Welsh Revivals. 150,000 souls added, and it's good enough for our churches today. The Holy Ghost still works. The move of God still changes people. The Holy Ghost is still powerful enough. Would you lift your hands right now and worship God if you're grateful that the Holy Ghost is still moving in our church? This is who we are. This is our DNA. This is what we believe. There is a great man standing behind me that said these words, that we are not Pentecostal by our banner. We are not Pentecostal by denomination. We are Pentecostal by an experience with the Lord. And I'm here to tell you that that experience is still enough. The Holy Ghost is still enough. There are lights here. There are microphones here. There are preachers here. There are singers here. But that's not why we are here. Amen. We are here because Jesus Christ and his spirit still changes lives. Would you give the Lord a big hand clap of praise in this place? If you're grateful that his spirit is still changing lives. I remember my testimony. Nothing like my wife's who was raised in the house of God. Nothing like my daughter's who have been raised in the house of God. I was never raised in the house of God. Matter of fact, I was raised to believe that Jesus Christ was like Santa Claus. Bugs Bunny. I was told that the church was a place for weak people who could not face reality and had to, had to live a lie for them to get by. I was told by my family, and I love them, I'm just being real with you. I was told that church is nothing but white buildings. Church is nothing but stained glass windows. Church is nothing but candlelight displays and religious ornaments. And I was told that it was only the weak that needed something to get by that would go to a house of God. So you can imagine my shock in April of 2009 when I stepped through a church building for the first time. 
I drove through that place and praise God, the Brisbane church is a beautiful bitumen car park now. But when I went there for the first time, it was cobblestone, it was dusty, it was nothing like my parents told me it would be. And when I looked at that building, I thought, it's not even white. Is that even what, is this even a church? I don't even know what I'm doing here. I walked in that building and I couldn't find barely any stained glass windows. Amen. I went and find, found my seat. I was still wearing my nightclubbing clothes from the night before. It was a little tight blue shirt. For those that know, back in the day, I wore tightest clothes I could find. Some say I still do, but I, that, the, the devil is a liar. And I remember walking up and I remember walking through that door and thinking to myself, not really what my dad told me it would be. And I found my, my seat. Brother Cameron Butcher, you were worship leading. Let me tell you, I respect this man, but I thought he was absolutely crazy. Not as crazy as the people that were sitting down worshipping behind you. We got to our third song, I remember, and you would know this. This wonderful European lady started speaking in tongues and nobody warned me. I was about to pick out my phone and call the ambulance. I thought she went down with some type of cardiac arrhythmia. But I remember looking around and thinking to myself after I got after the, over the shock of how crazy everybody was. I remember looking around and I saw tears rolling down people's faces. The lady that invited me to the church, she was talking about you, Brother Butcher, saying that he was a qualified accountant. I was like, wow, he's a smart guy. What's he doing here? I thought it was just for people that were too weak to get by. <clears throat> there was people from all walks of life that were there all levels of education that were there. But the one thing that they were doing was worshiping the Lord and I could see God's spirit moving them. I didn't know what I was feeling, but I was feeling something. Preacher got to preaching, opened up the word of God, speaking in some type of old English that I couldn't really even understand. But, but I could feel something as he was preaching. And as he finished that sermon, Brother Butcher, I walked up to him and said, I don't really know what I just heard, but I know I need more of it. I don't really understand what you are saying, but I feel something here in this place. And I kept coming back, not because the building was nice, not because the building was beautiful, but because his presence was beautiful, but because the Holy Ghost got a hold of me, but because the Spirit of God touched my life. Praise God. Come on, somebody. I know it's 2020, but the Holy Ghost is still moving. Fashion changes, systems change, methods change. But the one thing that will never change is we are a people of the name and we move with the Holy Ghost and fire. Praise God, I don't want to get to a place where I become so familiar with the presence of God that it doesn't impress me anymore. I don't want to get to a place where I come to the house of God and don't feel anything. I put my hand up. I admit to you, I'm 10 years in, but I'm still a hand clapping, tongue talking, soul winning, Jesus loving, God fearing person because I won't let the spirit of God die. <laughs> my first time at church you guys were so crazy I thought that was the reason that I would never come back but now that I think of it that was the reason I kept on coming back because my life was so messed up I needed something crazy to turn my life around 
Churches, we can improve our systems. We can become better preachers. We can become better ministers. But let us never lose the move of the Holy Ghost. Because the physical must obey the spiritual. And the natural must obey the supernatural. And ask my wife to come up. Musicians, I won't be much longer. But I believe that God is going to move in this place. I believe the Lord is going to move in this place. Because before anything great can take place, I won't be much longer, please hear me. Before anything great can take place, it starts with the move of God. Can somebody say amen? God called Apostle Paul to something so great and significant. That before he exposed Paul to even a shred of this physical ministry, he shut him off from the natural until he received the Holy Ghost. Because even the greatest among us must first lead with the Holy Ghost. Even the greatest among us must be led of spirit. Because when we are led of the Holy Ghost, physical doors will move. Praise God, I believe when we become trapped in the mindset of looking for a physical kingdom, we are on our way out. When we become obsessed with physical kingdoms, with positions, with titles, with buildings, with programs, with systems, we are opening ourselves up for destruction. Why? Because physical kingdoms can be destroyed. You can destroy a physical kingdom, but you can never destroy a move of the Holy Ghost. You can destroy the natural. Man can tear down the natural, but he can never tear down the supernatural move of the Holy Ghost. There are some elders in this building. Here on the platform, not Pastor Harvey, I'm not, don't get upset at me, Pastor. People out here, you have seen enough destruction to destroy anybody's faith. There are people here, you've seen ministries rise, you've seen ministries fall, you've seen buildings go up, you've seen buildings go down, you've seen churches birth, you've seen churches die. Some of you people here have been offended by enough people to chase away 10 people from the house of God, but you're still here. Why are they here and so many have left? Because when you're looking for a physical kingdom, when the physical kingdom is destroyed, you are destroyed with it. But the people that are chasing after the unseen, chasing after the unseen, the people that are chasing after the Holy Ghost, the people that are chasing after something that man can't tear down, you will stay in the house of the Lord. Some people have received enough offenses. But you are here and others have left. 
And I'm here to tell you right now, you're here because despite all the destruction, despite all the discouragement, despite all the pain, despite all the suffering, there was something that kept drawing you back to the house of God every Sunday. And it's our Holy Ghost. It's the presence of Jesus. It's your relationship with God. And no man can tear down your relationship with Jesus. Stand with me in the house of God. Young people of Australia, I believe God has called you. There is enough talent here to do what God has called you to do. The only way that you will lose is if you take your eye off him and you put your eye on some type of physical kingdom because when the physical kingdom is destroyed, you're destroyed. You will be discouraged. You will walk away. But if you would look to Jesus, if you would chase the unseen spirit of God, you will stay in the house of God and God will use you and you will be used to win souls to the kingdom. Pastors, I don't speak with the authority of a senior pastor, but I do speak with the authority of somebody that's been saved into the local church. I encourage you and I welcome all of the programs and all of the systems and all of the new things and the gadgets, and I think they're all wonderful. But let me tell you, when this person stepped through the house of God, it was nothing physical that changed my life. It was a move of God. And I believe God will bless what you do when you're chasing after a move of God. I don't also come with the authority of a powerful singer, but I come with the authority of a worshiper that enjoys the presence of God, singers and musicians. You can be the most talented singer or musician on planet earth, but none of that will ever replace true Holy Ghost anointing when you are tapped in to the presence of God and the Holy Ghost and fire. If I have missed you, this is going to catch you. There are some people here tonight. We are here in January 2020. Some of you didn't even think that you're going to get here. Some of you came here holding on by a single thread. Some of you are tired and weary. Some of you didn't think that you'd get through 2019. You don't even know how you're going to get through 2020. You've been discouraged. You've been battered. You are weary. I'm here to tell you that the Holy Ghost can renew and restore. I'm here to tell you that a move of the Spirit will give you strength and give you endurance to keep on walking to keep on serving, to keep on living for God in 2020. So whether you're here as a young person that once has a call of God on their life, whether you're here as a minister, as a musician, as a singer, whether you're here as an apostolic, I know there's one thing that we need. It's not a natural kingdom. It's the supernatural. It's a move of the Holy Ghost because His Spirit is still restoring. It's still renewing. It's still touching lives. So you may have been in the house of God for a while, but I want to ask every single soul in this building, would you lift your hands with me right now? Every hand raised in this building. And if you have the Holy Ghost, would you begin speaking in those tongues? Would you lift up an atmosphere of praise? Would you begin speaking in the Spirit? Because God is fixing a move in this place. And doesn't matter who you are, the Holy Ghost is always relevant. 
Father, in the name of Jesus, we love you, Lord. We're thankful for you. We're praying, Lord Jesus, that you would move in this place. We're praying, Lord God, that you would restore and renew. We're praying for ministries, that you would bless them, Lord God. We're praying for offenses, that you would heal them, Lord God. We're praying for pastors and ministers and leaders that are tired. We pray that you would restore them because the Holy Ghost is always relevant. Come on, somebody, would you lift up your voice? Would you speak in those tongues? Would you speak in the Holy Ghost? Because we are here. We are chasing the unseen, the Holy Ghost, the, the Spirit of God. Physical kingdoms will shift, but it starts with the move of God. Ministries will rise, but it starts with the move of God. Churches will grow, but it starts with the move of God. Buildings will go up, but it starts with the move of God. Come right now. Every soul in this place, would you find some space here to pray, to spend some time, to chase the unseen.